My name is Skip Sims, Senior Vice President of Ann Arbor Spark. I also am the managing member of the Michigan Angel Fund and member of the Michigan Angel Community. It Takes Money is a series of podcasts featuring angel investors and experts who offer insight on how to invest in startups. In these podcasts, we'll discuss the many aspects of angel investing and why they're choosing to invest in Michigan. So welcome, Walt Young. I am thrilled to have you uh, on this podcast. It's uh, good to see you. And like I tell people uh, a lot about angel investing, one of the side benefits for me personally anyway, is getting to meet new people and getting to meet you several years ago and uh, you know develop our relationship has been a real treat. And so uh, thank you. Uh, it's been great knowing you and getting to know you better. And thanks for doing this podcast. Um, also for our audience, ladies and gentlemen, Walt is what you would call or what is called a super angel. Um, there are two criteria. Yeah, there you go. Open the cape. Uh, super angels meet two criteria. One, they invest in a lot of companies. And secondly, they invest a lot of their own money. And so, Walt, you've done that over the years. Uh, I had forgotten. You sent me a PowerPoint. We're going to use part of it shortly. Um, you, you know, at Spark, we were trying to get the angel community going back in 2009, 10, uh, and 11 before we created the Michigan Angel Fund. And we invited you to come and share your story with a lot of high net worth individuals to talk about angel investing, the ups and the downs and uh, et cetera, and trying to motivate people to get engaged and start investing in this asset class. And you uh, graciously agreed to come and, and in your um, unique style, you know, you gave everybody the, the straight skinny on, on angel investing. And so um, thanks again for, for coming and uh, participating here. I'm gonna start with this um, PowerPoint that you actually used at that meeting in 2010. And so, uh, first of all, let's talk about the confessions of a serial angel. This is classic Walt uh, Young speak. <laughs> and remember, okay, so first of all, let's give you a little background. Uh, former chairman and CEO of Champion Enterprises, senior positions at both Champion, Henley Group, Bud Company, and BF Goodrich, 35 years with just those four companies, successfully completed 23 different turnarounds, which is probably what gave you a lot of the experience you were using in these startups, and over 75 mergers and acquisitions, and during the past seven years. Now, this is from 2003 to 2010, you invested in 42 startups and early stage transactions in several cases as the lead investor. And of course you continue to invest from 2010 to today, 2020. And what, what'd you add? 40 more companies to this list of 42 probably? Yep, yeah, how about like that. that? Okay. About the so, same. All right, so in the first seven years, here's what you shared with everybody. You made 42 investments, you put in about 140,000 uh, in each, 10 wipeouts, I love that. I call them just write-offs. Um, <laughs> we've all got those, we've had a few, and they come quick, as you point out here, within 15 months. 
you've had 10 uh, positive exits. Those came quicker than normal if you average three years um, and decent returns. And then you still had 22 in the portfolio at that time. Three walking dead. Um, we still use that term once in a while, not as much as we used to, but uh, three walking dead, eight on the bubble, and then 11 potential winners as you saw it. So um, with that, you know, your track record, 22 out of 42, 52% success rate, that's above average, I think. So um, why don't you tell me, uh, whoops, I'm gonna go backwards here and unshare my screen for a moment. Tell me about that experience. What made you get into investing in these startups to begin with back in 2003? Well, it even started before then, Skip. As you said, I spent 36 years in the corporate world and I gravitated toward turnarounds. And um, that's where I became a talent scout, change catalyst, crisis manager. So when I retired at a young age of 58, I said, okay, now what am I gonna do? I tried golf. Now, Skip, you can testify how my golf game is. I will test okay. And so that was not going to be a career. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd only lose money on that. Um, and so I stumbled into a venture investing um, because it was the same skill set as an active. Okay. Now I've done active as well as passive angel investing, um, but I enjoy active better. Sort of matches my personality skills. Uh, Indeed. I make a very poor passive investor. <laughs> I got a lot of people can testify to that. Um, anyhow, so uh, yeah, so that's kept my gray cells going. And surprise, surprise, it's been profitable. Um, I was just looking for a hobby, frankly. Uh, <laughs> now I'm, I'm not like you. Oh, my angel has been focused on greed. Okay. <laughs> I find that's a, now you, you wrap it. You, Skip gets into economic development, helping mankind, doing all that. No, I don't get confused or fuzzy, okay? <laughs> Pretty simple, straightforward. Straightforward. In it for the money. In the money <laughs> and very focused and, and objective. Um, makes it very, um, there's a subjective side of it as we'll get into, yeah. but it's, uh, it's very focused on performance. As it should so, be. So the last 17, 18 years, has been really more, almost more fun than the 34, five, six years I did in the corporate world. But that was fun too. Um, so it's been a great second career, if you will. Yeah. Uh, that, and, and it's good to have a good sense of humor. You got to have that. Yes, okay? we have had many laughs, haven't we? We have. In fact, is this the beginning when 
you and I were going to do the Smothers Brothers type, well, that's too old for people. We, well, yeah, maybe. We're going. Are we going to do that today? This afternoon? Well, we, a little bit. Uh, okay, I'm, great. I'm sure. I'm sure we, we will. We can rehearse our roadshow. Okay. I, I agree. You know, we've we've talked about it, and so this is kind of a, a dress rehearsal, if you will. <laughs> So let me, in that vein, let me bring up that next slide, and this will kind of get the conversation going uh, in that regard. Uh, so these slides all, are, these are 11 years old. Correct. So thanks for, for reminding what us. What do you got here? Oh, okay. Now this one has really held up to another decade. Uh, I've added one. Combined one. Oops. Oops, going back. Well, well, there well. you go. There we go. Oh, you're too agile at this, Skip. I know. Okay. But no, number one is the quality of the leadership. Uh, and integrity comes up there. I've added drive. That's really commitment. So integrity, commitment, knowledge, or I change knowledge to intelligence and flexibility. You got to have these attributes almost more than the skills. The knowledge you can pick up, but the attributes you can't pick up, Skip. You either got them or you don't. Okay. When it's drive or integrity, um, it's hard to learn those in a classroom uh, or even experience. Uh, so that's number one on my list of, and, and this due diligence, let me put it in context. It's turned into an hour, hour and a half, one-to-one -one talk with the founder of the startup. Uh, but I, these are the topics I cover, not as bluntly as this, but these three or four buckets are key. So that's number one. Number two, I jumped down to three here. It's a unique product or service. Uh, um, and that it's truly unique. Uh, it's not just because of the personality or something else. And it's, uh, and here's the, the third one that I come, I've added, uh, customer focused. Um, the ultimate user of the product or service, the founder's got to have a real link to. Otherwise, it doesn't mean they're blindsided that it's unique or not. Okay? So leadership, uniqueness of the product service, customer service, and then as uh, coming on the second one, I've, uh, I've used that adult supervision and adult supervision um, means usually a board a fiduciary board not a not a scientific board or advisory um, a real a real fiduciary that can fire that CEO or not that founder uh, that's also got experience maturity and humor humor is really needed on that board because you're gonna have so many speed bumps, 
potholes, craters that that board's got to get that founder through. So yeah, those. So I modified it a bit uh, right. and gotten better, maybe on that first meeting of probing those issues. Well, you you know, those meetings can get tense. So I think you're right. Having someone in the room that can crack a joke at the right time. Oh, you got to have that humor. So yeah. I was playing Shark Tank before Shark Tank started. Yeah, I'm sure you were. Uh, <laughs> but, but most of these are all subjective uh, topics. It's amazing what you can find out in 90 minutes uh, if you if you listen yeah and, and you ask the right questions. Let me ask you this. This was an interesting down at the bottom you say all of the above can be evaluated by experienced business managers. And let's face it, most angels are successful business people themselves. It's where they got their wealth and now they're using it. Best if confirmed by multiple investor and managers. But um, how do you feel about the need to be personally familiar with the industry? Does it Not matter? at all. Not at all. Uh, uh, you know, my startups, the active ones that I've done um, are all over the lot. Some I have knowledge in, but like life sciences, which my better ones have been in the life science. I had nothing beyond high school chemistry. Um, and uh, in other areas, IT, I hardly know how to spell IT. Um, <laughs> but you can, it's, these issues are all common. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, I get through these four buckets before I start any due diligence. And I see the last note here. The legal, accounting, technical, those all come secondary. Yeah, after. To cross-check. And right. that, so unless they, I pass these first four buckets, I, I don't waste my time on the other. Okay. Now, here's where we can have fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is good. Okay. All right. So I'll be the entrepreneur. And you play the investor. Uh, Walt, um, I only need a million dollars. And then that's going to get me through the phase one trials. That's going to take care of me for the next year and a half. I don't need to raise. I don't want to dilute myself. And it's worth, and your valuation, Skip, is? Oh, probably 10 million. Oh, I've usually heard a billion. A billion, a billion is a nice uh, number, okay? You'd be amazed at how many founders just tell me right off the shot, you know, they've, they've been in business or thinking about it for two weeks, but it's a billion dollar idea. Yeah, well, it is. And usually, and usually it's not just a million, Skip. It's usually 10 million, okay? <laughs> Which is small for the billion. Yeah. And me, on the other hand, says, okay, how about 10,000? All right. <laughs> Let's see if you can survive the next, you know, two weeks <laughs> and accomplish anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Um, 
And look, I know you have in this term sheet, you want a board. Um, you know, I tell you what, let, you know, I'm, I, how about a three person board of which my partner and I are going to have two of those board seats. Bullshit. You can have two, Skip, but I got three. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, um, so we can cut that one real quick. Hey, you know, um, you know, I've got, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in milestones. You know, I've got, I got my list of things to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that's going to change. <laughs> okay. Going to change. Uh, because right. you, if you don't have milestones, you don't make progress. Yeah. Uh, okay. You don't know the direction you're going in, Skip. Uh you want me, and you expect me to provide you reports? I mean, uh, I'll send you an email once in a while and let you know how we're doing. No, we don't work that way. Uh, we'll start out with monthly. And if you do that well, we'll go to quarterly. Uh, but we don't go less than quarter uh, updates, not only financial, um, but also those milestones. Well, how much information do you want? Just meaningful. It can. I'm not looking to micromanage. Okay, uh, but I do want those milestones. A good board. Um, and I've been on too many of them. There's a there's a slogan for the National Association of Corporate Boards: nose in fingers out okay so if a board starts doing the detail that's bad that's terrible i just want a board to be around uh, to monitor progress and to be around when the shit hits the fan because that's when you need experience and maturity just like at the game the other night, the Super Bowl. That's when you need old age and experience over youth and enthusiasm. Yeah. Is when you hit those inevitable speed bumps. Yeah. Um, and that's really why you need a board. Yeah. Uh, is for, and it's lonely. You're to support that founder CEO, not harass him. Uh, because it's lonely as a CEO. Um, yes, it is. And so uh, this is just uh, the, the Dutch uncle firmness but support uh, function. And you need that balance. Uh, and a lot of startups, founders and investors uh, are loosey-goosey on this. And, and early on, like this... Uh, shows I learned you need that balance and and the flip side of that skip if a founder won't tolerate a real experienced knowledgeable supportive board you don't want it because then you are not aligned uh, if a founder won't accept a board you know right there they have a different objective than you got.
And yeah. it's a long, ugly process if you're not aligned. That brings us to, and I had a guy uh, tell a group a few years ago that the number one job of the board is knowing when to fire or if to fire the CEO. That's correct. And you agree. That's it. Yeah, well, I like to put it, I call it the care and feeding of the CEO, which includes hiring and firing ultimately, but it's motivating, supporting, help balancing out the strategic direction. Those, that's the number one of any board, public, private, nonprofit, the board should be focused on the care and feeding of that leader. Um, well, firing is, is a pretty strong word. Um, it's harsh, but some cases needs to be. But in other cases, it's more a matter of the founder growing out of the job, don't you think? It's both, okay? Yeah, and, and Skip, you're right. I make the baseball analogy. On startups, there's, you know, key phases. It done all, any, anything you're in. The startup phase, uh, the, the scale-up phase, and the exit phase. Take those three. It's like starters and closers. It's a different skill set. And it's rare. It can be done. I've seen it. Uh, that leaders can do all three phases. But it's rare that they can. Uh, and most of, a lot of them, the good ones, recognize that and help in those transitions. The bad ones think they can walk on water when they can. Yeah. And that's, that, uh, that's unfortunate. But you have the structure so it can be smooth. Mm -hmm. Okay. And... You know, if you, and I've had some uh, CEOs that didn't make the whole process and they're very thankful that they didn't either, okay? Quite often, yeah, that's the case. They were, the result was they became a lot wealthier um, than <laughs> if they would have continued. Yeah. All right. So here are your, at least in 2010, here were your commandments. And I, I have, you know, you and I are, think too much alike probably, but seek 100% alignment. I mean, that's one of the things when oh. we start our diligence, that is probably top of mind for me. And you're right with both the entrepreneur as well as the co-investors and the board members. Oh, I've uh, skipped looking at that number one. God, I was smart 11 years ago. Um, <laughs> If you're still you know, <laughs> in the last 60 days, I've dropped two startups or not dropped. I never got in for that reason alone. Mm -hmm. And one of them was a founder who had a great product, unique, all that. I asked, how come you haven't grown in seven years? And it was a guy, he said, oh, I'm comfortable with what we're doing at this stage. And I have a life balance. Mm 
And I said, well, good. Have a nice life balance. <laughs> but he had a great product that should have been scaled up, but he was comfortable with what he had. And I said, why are you raising money to grow? Uh, it's gonna mess up your life science, your balance. And that's important to you and good for him, but not for me to invest. The other one was really an interesting, was a real high net worth individual that had backed a young guy in a life science field, both responsible, but the, uh, the investor, the lead investor, um, was into philanthropy. He was into the business to totally help mankind. And he was sincere. Um, but not for me. I'm into philanthropy, but I keep them totally separate. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was a misalignment. So both those incidents, the individuals were great that there were just different objectives for what I look for as a successful startup. Mm -hmm. To them, they defined it differently. One, have a good lifestyle for him personally. The other, to, to have a, to donate the knowledge to mankind. Uh, I'm all for that, but I like some value for that. Yeah. Um, but those were just misal misalignment, not yeah. bad, just right. different. Right. And good reason to walk. Exactly. So, so I didn't waste more time. They yeah. didn't waste more time. Yep. Um, well, what about investors, co-investors? <laughs> oh, well, I'm the, I'm the wrong guy to ask. Uh, for those that don't know, um, if I get involved as an active angel, I get a lot of my high net worth friends. And it's called the Friends of Walt. And usually when I get involved in a startup company, I'll, I'll send the email out to 50, 60 of my friends and say, okay, minimum investment, 25, 50,000 but they know the terms. And I explained to them what a passive investor means. Passive investor means you send your cash and you get a quarterly report, okay? And the full stop. If as a passive investor, you think you're entitled to two hours a month of that CEO's time, wrong, okay? I don't slap your hand, I kick your butt. Because that CEO needs his time focused on alignment, not sucking up to every little investor. How about that? I like it. Okay, so you, you mentioned this earlier, number four, board investors follow the NIFO. I like yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. I like that a lot, uh, very, very apropos and good advice for any anybody thinking about being on a board 
you've got those responsibilities that we just talked about a few minutes ago, but nose in from the investor perspective, particularly nose in figures out. Yeah, no, uh, <clears throat> as I said, I've been on public nonprofits, university boards, and every once in a while, a fellow director will do a deep dive, fingers, <laughs> fingers in, okay? And I have to hold up a red card and say, <laughs> NIFO. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Fifteen-yard penalty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so number, so number five. You know, you mentioned early on, particularly in the diligence on the diligence slide. Number one was uh, integrity uh, with the with the founder. I worked for a guy where integrity, working for him, it, his his requirement of all of his uh, presidents and and managers, et cetera, was was integrity and this whole idea of full transparency. Tell me the ugly. You know, oh, not, the just, ugly. not just the good. Oh, I'll hold back. He man. demanded that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You need it. Some yeah. founders think they can, can't say any negatives to investors. Uh, and I got to tell you, um, I get my, even as negative or passive, I mean, an active or passive, if I get a report, monthly, quarterly, whatever, and there's not one negative in there. I know there's a big negative. Okay, that's your red flag. <laughs> it's a red flag. And you, you know, it's just like cockroaches. There's never one. And if you, if they're hiding one big cockroach, you know there's ten others. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's bad because <laughs> not only are they hiding cockroaches from me. They're hiding cockroaches from themselves yeah. and their organization. So yeah. now you need transparency and I call it integrity, but no, you hit it right, Skip. Uh, if you don't hit, the, hit those issues head on, uh, then you're in denial. And that's a bad, that's a first step of any 12 step program. <laughs> and it compounds, it gets worse. You know, just, oh yeah, yeah. So, which brings us to number six as well. I mean, have you ever done a deal where there were no speed bumps? No, never. There's um, always a speed bump. There are always. And that's uh, why we they pivot a lot. Oh yeah, that word pivot. We didn't have that eleven years ago, Skip. I know. When, that's fairly new. You're right. That's what four or five years old. Yeah. I hated it at first. Pivot. <laughs> Uh, what a wimpy way to say it. You know, you have all shit moments in startups. Uh, and uh, to pivot uh, uh, is, is, is wrapping the brick. You know, that is. Uh, uh, oh, that's a euphemism. You're a uh, <laughs> This has been fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, oh, are we done? Yeah, we're, well, we're, we're wrapping up. I, 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 uh, there may be a part two. I may, oh, okay. I may call you back. I may call you back and we'll do another podcast. Uh, we've been going now for, for a little while. And um, as good as, as you and I are as a uh, comedy team, uh, you know, a certain amount of time people do begin to tune out. <laughs> we don't want to wear out our welcome. No, no, but yeah, 
Yeah. I, I had a whole list of how to talk about VCs. Hey, uh, there's there's the other podcast. We didn't talk about them. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, do part two. Will you come back? Oh, sure. Okay. I'm going to set up another one. You and I are going to do this again. And we're going to start talking about VCs. Fair enough? Oh, that's exciting. And they're <laughs> ever-changing. <laughs> yeah, they are. And, and they're always amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it sounds like it's going to be fun. Oh, I'm that's sure. part of the humor. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for taking time to listen to It Takes Money. For more of our podcasts, visit annarborusa.org slash podcasts or michiganangels.org. Thanks to the Ralph C. Wilson Jr. Foundation for making these podcasts possible. And let me leave you with this from John D. Rockefeller. It is a mistake to assume that the possession of money in great abundance brings happiness. Pleasure comes not from the possession of money, but from the ability to do things for others, which brings satisfaction.